Welcome to the How to Write a Book podcast, the show that helps you plan, write, and publish your book, even if you're a beginner or just feel like one. Now, for your host, she's written over a dozen books and helps others bring their books to life. Here she is, Maciel. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the How to Write a Book podcast. I'm your host, Maciel. Today is day 27 in NaNoWriMo, and if you're like me, I am still trying to catch up. Y'all, it is a crazy, just sprint to the finish. Um, I definitely did myself dirty. Like, I literally did. Like, I could have been writing this whole time, and I'm like, oh, I gotta do this, I gotta do this, I gotta do this, y'all. And this is very pertinent to the question that I have for today. Um, before we dive in, I want to remind you that I have 50% off my ghostwriting and book coaching program. My my book coaching program is Get It Right, um, a six-month book coaching program. We here want to help you finish your book. So I guarantee that you will finish your book in six months or your money back. And when we go into this program, um, essentially we'll meet, we'll work on your outline, we'll get that done and finalized. And then from there, you start to turn in 25 pages to me every two weeks and I develop those pages alongside you. Um, and it's a reiteration process. You get that feedback. You incorporate it into your book. You turn on another 25 pages. I also do the same. You incorporate that feedback. And it's like this running cycle until we reach the end. And it's a very fun process because I get to show you all of the things that I've learned. Um, I spent over $50,000 learning these things. Um, self-editing, story development, characters, pacing, um, editing, editing, um, on a granular level and also on the story development, le- developmental, uh, level. Also your voice, finding your voice, um, finding that inside your writing and when, to, uh, and how you can use it. So all these things I learned over the years, I've learned by investing in my own education, but I give it to you, um, as 50% off package, typically $6,000 per client, but for Black Friday, it is $2,999. So y'all have any questions? please feel free to dive in um, and ask me anything. All right. Now, back to today's question from Marta. Why is it so hard to write a book? Um, and I think that this actually pertains to what I was just talking about. I was like, oh, I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to do this. Um, why is it so hard to write a book? I think that there are a couple of different things. Um, and also, your personality will determine how you feel about writing a book. Now, I can only... Uh, express myself in the way that I see myself in the way that I hold um, certain ideas. So I'll use that as a foundation. And I hope that you can relate Marta. Um, and of course, from here, what I also encourage you to do is to ask yourself what's truly um, making it hard for you. It might be a very personal reason. It might be other reasons. It might be mental um, blocks um, that are uh, stopping you that are making it difficult. So um, you'll kind of dive into how I have found some of mine and how I continue to find mine because I continue to find them all the time. So first and foremost, um, I developed ideas of publishing a book early on, I think like most people. Um, and so this is something that I talked about in a previous episode, but it has kind of lit me on fire, which is just like, I, I feel betrayed, disappointed, um, a little bit angry, you know, like a little bit like, oh my gosh, how could I fall for that? You know, how could I fall for that? I mean, it's, it's almost like I lied to myself, but I was lied to and I fell for it. And now I'm here like with my world turned upside down. So what I'm specifically referring to uh, was how the Justice Department last year um, sued to try to stop Penguin Random House, uh, which is currently 
I think the world's largest book publisher from buying its rival Simon and Schuster, right? Um, now you guys know that there was the big six. Now there's the big five book publishers. Now what was interesting about this trial was that, of course, the book publishers themselves, um, were in defense of their merger. Now the U.S. government um, I didn't know this. The U.S. government has its own stipulations for saying how much control um, the p- companies can have. And the book publishing uh, industry is not immune to those stipulations, right? So they were trying to do this. The U.S. government said, no, that's that's too much. You're going to have too much holding. Um, it's going to create a different kind of market and a healthy market. That's not good. So no, okay? But what was interesting about this was that the head honchos of these uh, publishing companies essentially, you know, came to the stand and said things like, um, like, well, you know, and I'm totally paraphrasing, you know, from what I had read um, was that, well, you know, even if we merge, there's no guarantee that we're going to have any power whatsoever or that our sales will increase whatsoever because we have no idea what books make it big. We have no idea how to market books. We have no idea what we're doing. So there's really nothing to like guarantee us any money. So you really shouldn't stop us because we have no idea what we're doing. Now that's, and after, after reading, you know, some of their statements, um, and the articles that, and, and this is a kind of a consensus. Like other people also have made this, um, you know, a conclusion from what they were saying. And it was, kind of just brash. It was hilarious. I, I was reading it and I was like, I cannot believe that they're saying this. Now, one, uh, if, if they said that, uh, only because they wanted the merger, um, well, that still says something about their practices, um, as a company, as companies, right? Um, but secondly, if what they say is true, then what does that mean? Oh gosh. It means that when I would walk into bookstores and I would grab a book, bestseller, USA Today bestseller, New York Times bestseller. Um, it means, and you know, I, I actually am leaning towards this side because now that I've done my own research and I've been listening to authors and podcasts, especially indie authors, um, it, it is leaning towards that, that kind of truth is that the success of the book depends on the marketing of the book, you know? A book can actually be, um, you know, a really stiff read or uh, not a very good book, um, but it can become a bestseller because of the marketing push behind it. Now, a book can be an excellent book, an amazing book, but it can possibly never reach bestseller status because the marketing team and whoever makes those decisions will have decided not to give the money. So the more money you throw at a book, the more likely it is to have success. That's not a guarantee, but that is, you know, kind of the relationship that happens. Now, what does that mean? It means that I have been holding books and book publishing in particular as a kind of holy grail, essentially. If you can get a book into bestseller status, it means that you have validation beyond the world. Your book was touched by angels. You are a fantastic writer and you have made it. That is the kind of lofty ideals I held in my head for many years, literally until this past year. And it has been crippling because what does it tell me? It tells me you better write a perfect book or you won't make the bestseller list. And therefore your book is trash and you shouldn't write. But oh my gosh, how terrible is that? Right? It, it's actually, I uh, ran across this earlier, which was 
the saying, I'm not saying, but like I had read it um, and it said, just because your book might not be as good as somebody else's doesn't mean that it's not worth sharing. And that's something y'all, I still struggle with. But as I jumped into live action uh, production and as I jumped into, um, I'm jumping now into gaming and animation as well, um, I'm realizing that um, sometimes we hold on to our ideas and our ideas are so precious. And we think to ourselves that our ideas are a reflection of ourselves. Um, if this idea flops, it's because we ourselves are failures. But the world out there actually doesn't even operate on that sense. It's not, it's about business. You know, it's about, hey, I'm going to throw out something. And if it doesn't work, I'll do it again. I'll throw out something else. It doesn't work, do it again. Uh, let me try this thing. I'll throw tons of money at it. Maybe it'll be a success. Um, so what I'm trying to say is that I think it's important for us as writers, especially because I think we are, we are a very beautiful group of people who might be sensitive, right? Because we are in our feelings. I want you to question things. I want you to ask yourself why you have this idea or this mantra in your head of this perfectionist thinking or this perfect book that you have to write and ask yourself where it's coming from and explore Google search. Ask yourself how many people actually wrote a fantastic book and don't get published. Ask yourself how many people write crappy books and get published. You know, um, go uh, read the bestsellers out there and read them and determine for yourself if that book was actually good or not. You know, and I think what's important here is for us to break down those barriers. And that leads on, on my part, at least, to why it was so difficult to write a book, because I felt like I was putting myself out there, my vulnerable self. And with it comes all the flaws and all the imperfections. And you don't want to hear that you've written a terrible book. But if you don't write your terrible books, you'll never get to your good books. And here's something else. You know, did you know that Spider-Man has had... um movies that were like, it was like something dragon. Like it was martial arts based uh, Spider-Man movie, like from the seventies. Right. Okay. Now, apparently that's a terrible movie. Apparently I haven't read it. I just read this list the other day and it was like uh, Spider-Man movies ranked from worst to best. Now I had no idea this movie even existed. Right. And it was telling me all the different ways that it was terrible. And the thought here is, so Spider-Man, super popular, right? We can all agree. Popular, well-loved, but has undergone, what, thousands of comics? You know, dozens of movies? How many iterations of Spider-Man have there been that we don't even know about? Some of us, right? We don't even know about. And yet we think to ourselves, oh, well, Spider-Man was a great idea. It was one of those that it hit the stars. Um, it was lucky and it really just, man, it, it has made millions. Without seeing that there are all kinds of Spider-Man threads, universes, differentiations, variations that didn't work, right? That haven't caught on. And some of those might be brilliant. They might be so fantastic, but we have not seen them for whatever reason. So kind of use that as a framework of like, the wealth of an idea or the wealth of your idea, you know, doesn't necessarily depend on how popular it becomes, right? Um, there's so many things, just like the Spider-Man, you know, example, prove to us that sometimes things become bestsellers because of the money or because of other factors, because of the author's name, because of certain things, you know, so... I want you to question it. I want you to ask yourself why it's hard. That's why it was hard for me. And once you have that written down, like I actually put it down, then start exploring it. Really dive into it. You know, Google search that. Like as if you're doing a freaking research paper, like you're going to present that, 
you know, you're going to, you're going to bring it to the board. You're going to say, this is exactly what I'm thinking. And this is why I realized why it might not be the truth, you know, and you're going to start to explore hard areas of yourself, but you're going to find reasons and answers for that. I think that's probably one of the biggest things in, in the world, just generally, is that we have these ideas in our head and we don't question them. That's something that's been, you know, kind of eye-opening for me. I'm scared of things until I learn about them. And then I'm like, oh, I, I, I could do that. Yeah. I didn't know it was like that. I thought it was different. So I hope this answers your question. Um, it's a little bit of a roundabout, but um, don't let anything stop you from writing. Write. Enjoy. Because like that saying was, you know, just because your book might not be as good as somebody else's. And if you're a new writer, that's okay. It's very exciting. If you're, if you're any writer, let's, let's take off the pressure. Any creative person is allowed to have quote unquote bad artwork. As long as it satisfies your soul, you did it. That's going to lead you to the next best thing. Like those 1000 spider men and women out there, you could have multiples and maybe only a few will work, but in order to get to that few, you had to go through the rest of them. Um, so, enjoy, enjoy your writing. As always, um, if you have any questions, let me know. Don't forget about my book coaching program, six months to finish your book or your money back guaranteed to get it right book coaching program where we meet twice a month. You turn in your work twice a month and we finish your book. So I'm looking forward to all y'all and thank you so much. We'll see you tomorrow. Hey there, writer. Thank you for listening to the How to Write a Book podcast with your host, Masier Valenzuela. If you like the show, we'd be happy if you left a review. For more information on writing and the writer's life, go to www.themasiel.com. That's www.themasiel.com. We'll see you on the other side.